actual recording. Yeah. Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to Business Black Belts. Laura Hoover here with you today and another fantastic leader with us. The COO of Warshawski, Shayna Harris. Why don't you go ahead, Shayna, take us a little bit about through you, who, through who you are, what you're doing, uh, a little bit about your story, just everything. Hi, so Shayna Harris here. I'm the COO of Warshawski. We're a full-service marketing communications agency, and I've been with the company for 25 years. So I know that sounds a little daunting to some people, but um, it's been a lot of fun. And I do everything from managing the day-to-day running of the agency to HR, to new business, to getting involved in ensuring the culture um, is awesome, where we like to have fun and we create a very close, uh, like family type environment for our team members. So how do you, how do you, are are you able to manage all that? Because that seems like a lot of different uh, brain capacities all kind of smashed into one job description, right? Yes. They all focus, though, on people skills and understanding people. Obviously, even marketing. Marketing is all about creating an emotional connection. So understanding what it is, number one, that you want to get across. So whether it's, you know, in my role as HR, understanding the team, to then a marketing campaign. What are we trying to convey for our client? How do we get their brand and brand experience and key messages across to their target audience? It all comes from that same place and looking at everything from that perspective. How do I want to make people feel? How do I want to create an impact? And how do I want to get them to action? So it really, if you look at that, that really addresses both the internal and the external. And guess what? It's not math, which is great for me. I hear you on that one. It's not math. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, so how did you how did you fall into this kind of area of expertise? Because that, that that's just a that's just a question that I'm always curious about learning. It's like why why do people choose the path they choose? So it's interesting because through when I was younger, I always thought I you know wanted to do something. I was always very comfortable interacting with people. You know, there, there's some people you, you especially notice whether it's elementary or high school, they're shy, they're awkward, they're uncomfortable. My favorite class when I got to college was, you know, speech and giving a presentation. And I just really always, that came naturally to me, where as we mentioned, math did not. Um, so I knew early on I wanted to do something in that. And at the time it was more, you know, sales. Everyone was doing sales. I'm like, oh, that looks like so much fun. You get to meet meetings, talk to folks. And then as I, you know, went and on, learned a little bit more about career opportunities, marketing was something that was, you know, very appealing because it encompassed a lot of those different types of internal, external communications. At the time, and as I mentioned, I've been here 25 years, it was either PR advertising, which was the main you know, different avenues you can go in marketing. I actually majored in corporate communications. And when I graduated and was looking for a role, um, happened to fall into what was at the time we were a PR agency um, through a friend. And I joined uh, David Warshawski, hence the name of the agency, Warshawski. And he was, you know, starting up the agency out of New York and in Baltimore, two locations. And it was the best decision that I ever made. And I've been there ever since. 
so here's another question because I am also more of a like creative, like like artistic creative brain. Um, hence, you know, podcasting and almost the marketing aspect of things because it's very like design oriented as well. But how do you start to build and be able to always be able to innovate and think and create? Because that's also very labor intensive. That's labor intensive to manage too. It's about surrounding yourself and being part of like-minded people. So I may not have the answer. I may say, oh, we need to be doing X and having a team. We're very, our agency is driven by our core values. And I don't mean values like integrity and this. We have defined the values of the type of people that we want. We are not relentless. We are we are entrepreneurial. We look for people that have a fire in their belly and that they're curious and they're not just satisfied with, okay, we did the job or our agency is this. And our CEO, honestly, he's the best mentor and friend. Um, and he just keeps always, he has that mentality, which has then, you know, embodied and in, in part of everyone. And again, our culture here where we are always looking for that next thing. How We're never satisfied with the status quo. How can we do something better? We're not afraid of that. And we also aren't afraid of trying things we've never done before. That's how you learn. Um, we don't do it on our client's dime. We do it on ours, you know, as an, as an agency where you have to market ourselves. So, you know, being able to think about, you know, different approaches and, and being curious and not just being stuck in, okay, we have to follow this path, but being creative and say, you know, it maybe worked for a law firm that could work for a consumer brand and not being afraid to look at our experiences, which is part of the reason why we're structured the way we are. We don't have silos. We are not uh, only working with one category. There are a lot of agencies. They're only, you know, agencies for consumer brands. They're only an agency for a law firm or accounting firms. Nope. We are a generalist agency because that brings us that opportunity to see so many different challenges, create so many different opportunities where it's in our blood, it's in our DNA. We just are constantly pushing and we are surround ourselves with experts who are like, yeah, let me try that. You know, TikTok ads, some of the newer things that are out there are digital folks. They're always looking and trying new things, not waiting for, you know, following a trend. So this is also, you said that you're more of a general, right? General. Very... Yeah, exactly. So you're not very specific in like in one area. How does how does that affect client services? So like you have to be knowledgeable in everything instead of you know nailing down one specific. Do do you then like build your team around people who can have a large knowledge base at that point? So we're generalists in the sense that we don't specifically only work in one market. So we don't just work again. We're not a law firm marketing agency. We're not a, you know, um, a food. We're not in entertainment. There's some agencies that only focus on energy, on one industry. So for us, though, exactly what you're talking about, we hire our account. Like a lot of other agencies will have a project manager and their job is to go to then the media relations person, then go to the social media, then go to the digital and say, here's what our client needs. Can each of you tell me what your approach is? And well, then we'll put together a plan. Our agency, our account people, A, number one, we don't staff it with junior people. They're all of our accounts have a very senior person who's not just leading the account, but actively involved where they are handling all the, you know, everything from whatever the client needs when creating their brand, writing, 
um, you know, creating the strategies and all the communication, they're not trafficking between different folks. Of course, we have designers because obviously not every project, an account person is not a designer, but they understand like I can talk to you about design. I can talk to you about PR, crisis, digital development. I can talk about all those things because I'm intimately involved in all of those aspects when we're working with clients, not just, you know, I've interviewed people, developers who they say they come to work, they have a new design on their desk that they have to now build into a website. They've never been part, they've never met the client, they don't know their goals, they they get a brief. They've never been part and seen the design. That never happens here. Our developers, anyone who is going to be involved in that account is we build a team. They are part of it from the beginning so that they're actively involved. They understand the brand. They understand the client, what they like, what they don't like, and all the different pieces that will come together. So take me through learning how to build that initial kind of structure because that because like the structure in, w- in which you just talked about seems very logical, very well suited. But obviously there must have been trial and error. Like, do we put all, all, all like, man, like project managers to do all things? Or do we have very specialized teams that all cooperate? Right. Yeah. If you think about it from an entrepreneurial attitude and approach, it's, we need to solve, that's where it comes from is, I need to solve a problem. You know, I know what I need to do and how am I going to make it happen? And then I reach out and gather the right people. So understanding and learning all the different parts of marketing communications. Now, if you ask me to go in and actually use some of the design programs and software, I don't, but I can tell you, I know what I want. And also we're a brand first agency, meaning part of our approach with our clients is understanding what and helping them clarify, what is your brand? What is that emotional experience that you want to create time and time again? Once you have clarity on that and who the target audience is, then everything becomes a lot easier from there. Then Wow, you're a fun-loving, you know, you know, cute type of brand. I know what type of imagery then that needs to go. And we then present that imagery to the client, client signs off on, you know, our initial concepts. And now we know and we build the brand guidelines. And now our designers can go off and running. And I'm part of that. They're part of that. And we all work together. And then we are doing our digital campaigns and they've been they've been part in seeing all that process. It's seamless and they know the voice, the the um, where are the, where's the target audience is online that we need to interact with them. So building it is by getting the folks involved, hiring people that are curious, entrepreneurial, and problem solvers, not just like, okay, client said no to that. What do I do? You know, or we try that approach. It isn't working. I have nothing. No. How do you get creative? How do you problem solve and move forward? So I have also dealt with a lot of people wanting to build a brand around a logo and i know everybody has their very very firm stances on whether you should or shouldn't but uh walk me through through that aspect at at a very high level it's just like people it's a creative space right people don't necessarily understand like from a design aspect the logo is not defining the brand in fact if Someone showed you the Nike swoosh before when you knew what Nike was, you'd be like, mm-hmm, what is that? It has zero meaning, right? It's just a swoosh. So what a logo does is it needs to reinforce the brand experience that you are creating with everything else that you're doing. 
So it's similar to the concept of, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig, right? That you, you, you can't just put something out there and have a sleek logo, but then the experience, let's say you have a sleek logo for a hotel and it looks modern and fancy and nice, but then you go in and it's a horrible and completely different experience. So your logo really should complement what you're doing. In and of itself, it means nothing. However, if it conflicts with the brand, so again, if you have a very conservative looking logo, but you are more of a fun, you know, brand and that your experiences are more in that vein, it's going to be a disconnect. So you want it to you first come up with that brand positioning. What is what are your values? What is that emotional experience you want to create? Then that dictates, oh, what should the logo look like? What is the font? What are the colors? What type of, you know, if you're going to have some sort of a graphic along with it, how do you use that to support and convey? But even then, until you use that along with the messaging, along with the other pieces, it won't mean anything. Similar to a made-up name for a company, right? Nowadays, you have to come up with a made-up name usually because all of the more, you know, clear names or um, creative names are going to be taken, whether it's the URL or descriptive names, you really can't buy or find something that you can own from a trademark or from a URL standpoint. So a lot of people are going to made up names that don't have meaning really. So you have to create meaning and tell the story about them. And then it becomes more clear over time. So again, going back to the Nike swoosh. Now we all know what that means and what it stands for. But when it was first launched, it didn't mean much. The other thing is we've done a lot of sessions where you ask people, what's the Starbucks logo? What is the, um, you know, what are some other logos that you would think, oh, you have to know the logo because that is, you know, Southwest logo or something that's so prominent that you would be surprised that, of course, people know the logo because that defines them, but it doesn't. And you'd be very surprised how many people cannot come up with it um, when asked upon it because that shows as long as it's not something that is a disconnect, it should just be something that, you know, is part of the brand and meaningful. Recognize when you see it, but doesn't keep in your memory. It, I mean, and if it does keep in your memory, yeah. great, but it's not the thing that defines, you know, Southwest, that's the place I go. It's whether you love or hate the brand and it's okay to have lovers and haters, but that's the airline I love because they're fun, they're quick, I get, you know, free air you know, bags by free, all those attributes of the experience that they're creating, but you need to know what the logo is per se. But if the logo was horrendous and was something that was, you know, a complete, like a sword, you'd know that makes no sense, you yes. know, with the experience that I have on that list. That's like putting a, a car on an airplane instead of, you know, an airplane style. <laughs> right. So you don't want it to be a disconnect with your brand. You want it to complement and reinforce the brand experience. Okay, so I'm going to stay on this trend of brand just a little bit longer. Sure. Um, there are so many trends right now coming and going. How do, how, how do we start to look at them and pick out which ones are, are, are the ones to follow from a marketing standpoint? Um, that is a great question because so many brands get stuck on, well, especially when you know, again, I've been in the business a while, everyone right away, social media, I have to do social media. Yeah. Like, guess what? There's people who started it and then they didn't have the resources and they didn't have compelling content. And then it was just, they fell flat on their face and it hurt their brand. 
because they created a Facebook channel, which was, you know, obviously early on. And then they didn't, again, they weren't posting regularly and you'd go pull up their Facebook page or they would drive people to it for some reason. And you say, oh, this is old content. They haven't updated it for a month. Um, similar to the idea of blog. So the best way is ask yourself, again, have clarity of your brand and target audience. What is our brand? Who's our target audience? And where are they? You know, so for many folks, you know, is TikTok the right place? That's, you know, again, one of the more trending or popular is TikTok. Do I have to put an ad on TikTok? Well, not necessarily if it doesn't, if your audience isn't there, if it's not in line with your brand and it's not the right, you know, tactic and channel for you to be communicating on. The other question you ask, where, how much money do I have to spend on marketing? And sure, TikTok might be nice. I may have some, but LinkedIn is where I can really target, where I can really measure, where I know that my B2B audience is. And, you know, that's where, and I only have X amount of dollars and resources. That's going to be where I spend the most. So it comes down to understanding your brand, your target audience, your business goal, and your resources, and figuring out, you know, the best approach and where you should be. So that's something I was actually talking to someone a little bit earlier about is just the evolution of LinkedIn as well, because LinkedIn is starting to become a little bit more personalized, I would say, um, and, and, and going back to more of like a, a, a salesman, salesman's hub, essentially. Um, and, and, and with that being said, we're, from what I can see, we're going back to a very personalized messaging a very like quirky kind of messaging is is that something that is is spreading or am i is it just like within my field of view per se you know i think for people's personal you know not so much a company's linkedin page but i think for professionals yes and i could see that you're saying from a sale you know that's because you know why just what we said at the beginning it's all about emotional connection yeah. why if you're if you're going to be so generic of you know, I'm at this trade show and come check out our booth as opposed to talking about, wow, I was at this trade show. I got this great experience and, you know, really moved me to this. And you know what? I will now, whatever it's going to be. Sharing more of your personal experience rather than just promoting yourself or your company, your service or offering goes much further. And people want, you know, we're standing up for, you know, people use it sometimes to talk about an issue or I've seen professionals that I'm, friends with, but more colleagues of share a personal experience about their life. Like, oh, we just had a baby and here's how it went. Or, you know, when I'm on vacation with my family, they, they, they actually do a great job of meshing the two, tying it into how, how that affected perhaps their business um, and professional life, but sharing more personal anecdotes. So I just went through a divorce or so I'm going through this and here are the lessons learned and, you know, this could be applied or whatever it may be, but it makes people want to read your, yeah. you know, read your posts rather than just you talking about or re-sharing or posting just all about your business or your profession. Um, we all are humans and we are driven and affected more by things that are personal, you know, to us, or we want to hear your story, That's which is probably why you're doing the podcast. <laughs> exactly. We do. Uh, with, with that said, actually, is, is there, or was there a moment in time where, the whole concept of marketing just clicked or you were like, this is, this is what I really want to do. This is actually like amazing. 
I think the whole concept, I started out, we were a PR firm. So we were doing, you know, pitching the media, telling stories. And I was, it's something again, that I just, it became, it was easy for me, which um, a lot of things in life are not always easy. And I was, I was, was good at it. And I was like, wow, how am I so great? I was like, it's not rocket science. What are people, it's, you know, call a reporter. And understand what makes what you're pitching newsworthy. Why you have to ask, you know, answer the questions. Why do they care? Why does their audience care? Why should they cover it now? And why is this something they need to pay attention to or a trend or something that would be considered newsworthy? So to me, that was just something, again, going back to me understanding people, understanding business. That was, that was a concept that I, that I understood. And then I was, it was so motivating and empowering to be like, wow. I actually got this client onto CNBC and how that affected and changed their business. And to see the results of that was just really exciting. And then you want to do it again. And then you get them in the Wall Street Journal and then you get them on the Today Show. And then you're like, wow. And it's really just about a mind shift and understanding whoever you're speaking with. And you're talking to you know, producers, yeah. you know, TV shows, and you're talking to print, getting one of my clients was a weight loss product and getting one of their, um, their, not patients, but their customers into People magazine and like all of those things and then figuring out, well, this, this client has no news. How can we create something that would be appealing to the outlets that they want to get into? And then how that shifted from no longer do I have to rely on media because now we have social media, we have paid digital, we can control that story that's being told, who sees it, how it's delivered. And that just opened up and made it even more fun and exciting that we have the opportunity and also clients coming to us saying, I have this great, you know, offering or service or I started this business because of this. And now I'm just a commodity. How do I stand out? And then us digging down and saying, well, there's got to be a reason that you started this company or there's got to be a reason you wake up every day to do what you do. Because ultimately, you're trying to help someone, right? Anyone selling a product or service is trying to help a person or a business get better. So what we need to do as brand marketers, however you want to call us, is help them stand out, help them tell the story to the right people. And that's a, something else that, you know, is a big shift for people is like, oh, yes, I have, I make athletic apparel. It's good for anyone. No, it's not. There are people who it's really good for, and then there are people that it's not going to be great for. So understanding all of that, um, it just continued to click for me, I guess, and using those same skill sets in my management of, you know, the day-to-day -day of the agency and working with people. And by the way, I'm a grandmother. I have three children. I have two grandchildren. I'm a fitness instructor. It's just a way of life for me is, you know, understanding people's needs and also what I want to accomplish, how I want to position myself. We all have a personal brand and making sure that you're working on that. And that is something that's a disciplined approach. You almost took over my next question, which was going to be, what do you do to get away, to have fun, to, to, to just, you know, be away from business for a hot minute? So guess what? I am Shana Harris, CEO of Warshawski, just as much as I'm Shana Harris, you know, wife, mother, and grandmother. I am one. Yeah. So I don't see them as two separate things. And that's another interesting thing about um, how we approach and the type of people we look for. Like, if you are owning something in your workplace, 
you don't just shut off. Like I go to bed thinking about my team, thinking about my clients and thinking about my kids. You know, I think about it all. And, you know, it's not, I don't create two separate worlds because then at least for me, what happens is you're in this constant struggle. It's like, why fight it? I, people are like, oh, you never stop and shut off when you're on vacation. I'm like, because that's not fun for me. I want to go to the beach, check my email and see that things are going well. If someone has a quick question for me, it doesn't hurt me to answer. And then I've solved the problem for them and things can run smoothly. So I love the fact that we have technology now that allows me to be on and that allows me to check in. And I find it less stressful and more relaxing to be able to do what I want to do. If I want to be there, my daughter just had a baby and be with her at her birth. I know that things are going well and I am fine taking a quick call or checking my email or sending an email. It's not this black and white where it's all or nothing. Um, it allows me to do all the things I want, use the 24 hours of my day, you know, to be successful. I know some people are like, nope, I don't check my email until 9.30 or 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I checked my email when I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I was able to solve a problem, go to the gym, come home, you know, put a little laundry in, make breakfast, lunch and dinner for the family. And boom, I've done so, you know, done so much before I even walk in the office at nine, I'm ahead of everyone. And it's nothing special. I'm not bragging about me, but it's, it's a mindset of if you want it all or you want the things that you want, how do you make it happen? That is a great way to look at things. Like for me, I just I I can't stop creating something. Like I, like I have to be creating something. If it's not if it's not creating something at work, it's creating something at home. Uh, and it, at some point, it all kind of merges together. But you know, creating at home kind of de-stresses and gets me re-energized for the creating at work, and then vice versa. So yeah, and you know, de-stresses me is knowing we have a strong team and that I've helped grow the team, mentor them, that they're doing great work and that, you know, I'm there for them if they have questions and seeing and being proud that they're doing awesome work for our clients. And then I don't have to be as involved in certain things and that they're, you know, we're all just working together and that we have a great team of people that are all have the same approach and attitude. And when I mentioned before, I tell people straight up on the interview, this is not a nine to five job. Um, this, we want you to, we're looking for people say, what are you looking for in a candidate? I want someone who's going to own it. And it doesn't mean that you have to do it all, but you need to own it and say, you know what? I am not happy with this design. What are we going to do guys to get this design to a place where we are going to allow the client? Let's all rally together. I'm here to help whatever it may be, but that's the type of people that we have in our roles here that allow all of us to then focus on other things and to grow and to know and trust one another that we're all after the same thing. And I'm not worried, especially, you know, like everyone's asking, how do you do with COVID? I'm not worried about people slacking because we don't hire those type of people. And you can see, and everyone's, you know, relying on one another to do great work. That's true. I want to thank you for coming on the show as we kind of near our time at, at this point. If anyone needs to get in contact with you, wants to learn more about you, more about Warchowski, is LinkedIn going to be the best way, social media, other channels the best way, email, website? So if you want to learn more about me and the firm, definitely our website and LinkedIn. Um, as far as getting in touch with me, email and LinkedIn messaging is also great. Fair enough. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I personally really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure getting to meet you. So thank you so much for having me. All right. I hope. All the best.
<laughs> all right hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and then same to all of our listeners thanks again for listening to today's episode of business black belts should you want to see more content on both the show marketing and business in general feel free to check out my linkedin thanks